This episode of Watching the Throne is brought to you by you, the listener. We've chosen to keep the show ad-free and only ask for something small in return. Please head to iTunes and let us know what you think of the show. Those reviews really help with our exposure. And if you'd like to make a small monetary contribution, head to patreon.com slash Podcast, where you can donate increments of as small as $1 per month. Thank you so much and stay wavy. Everybody wants to know what I would do if I didn't win. I guess we'll never know. So keep your love. I don't get enough of it. Jesus just rose again. Listen to the kids. Welcome to Watching the Throne, a lyrical analysis of Kanye West. Today we are doing a story with Robert Ruggiero. Robert, uh, why don't you introduce yourself to everybody? Hey, how you doing, Chris? Yeah, um, your local Kanye stan. I'm uh, a fan since the dropout. I'm uh, 31 years old, currently live in Florida. Just your average married man working hard and just a Kanye fanatic. <laughs> and I'm probably, uh, I'm not sure, but am I the only one who's kind of uh, stalked you into getting a story? I feel like <laughs> I, I kind of blew you up there. I'm sorry about that, but I'm really moved by what you guys are doing. And like I said before, just having like-minded people to speak to um, really motivated me to want to speak to you and get my story out there no you uh you definitely have been the most like passionate about it which i like it's uh (laughs) it's been cool to see and it's especially cool to see because you know when we started the story that was that was the goal is giving kanye fans a space to like express what they feel about kanye in a way that they probably don't get to in the day-to-day because it tends to be so like not problematic being a Kanye fan, but it's not typically easy to be a Kanye fan without facing a deluge of questions or um, even criticism. So the fact yeah. that it's something that like called out to you and spoke to you, that's been the mission of this. So that's a, uh, I'm happy to, that we have you on here to get your story. Eh? Thanks man. Thanks. And, um, I'm I'm new to the channel. I've only learned about you guys for maybe a month, maybe two now, and I've just been obsessive with it, going back, listening to old podcasts, and um, just really, you guys have been my soundtrack to work. You know, I, <laughs> I, I work on so I got the headphones in, and I'm just listening to you guys, and excuse me, a lot of the stories um, that I've heard so far have all been great. And you had um, the guy who worked with Kanye. You had another lady who was, like, involved with ESPN or something like that. I I can't remember. But from the ones I heard, um, it was all people doing amazing things. And I was kind of just thinking to myself, well, maybe I can get the the aspect of your regular, everyday Kanye fan who has a normal job, you know, has a family – you wouldn't stereotype me as a Kanye fan if you didn't know me, if you're not like-minded like us. So I just wanted to give people like me an outlet who you might not see 
as being a yay stand when you just think of a Kanye fan in your head. Like, I'm a father of three, married man. Like, you don't typically think of Kanye fans like that is from what I've seen from people. They think it's uh, young kids or really fashion-forward people and stuff like that. So I just wanted to kind of give a different perspective and let people know that Kanye fans are all shapes and colors, all types of people. And through Kanye is a really thing that, that bonds us together. It, it really is. I mean, and people, I think, you know, you tend to think of like Star Wars fans as like all nerdy people. And then you're like, oh no, Star Wars fans are like a wide grouping. And it's something that we tend to just like forget at times. And it's something that's like good to remember. Right. And that's true. What you said about Star Wars, people stereotype and think, oh, it's the nerdy guy or it's this guy. And it couldn't be farther from the truth. There's women, there's children, there's men, there's, I mean, if something calls to you, I mean, you you can't bottle it and say, this is what does it. Like, Kanye just calls to me. There's just something about him that draws me to his music, draws to me, me to the man. And I can't pinpoint it, but I just know that he gives me a certain feeling. He gives me an outlet. And um, for a while, though, I was like on a boat by myself. I, w- I felt like Tom Hanks and Castaway. Like <laughs> there, wasn't, there wasn't all this Kanye uproar. And I'm happy for him, too. But a, a selfish part of me almost um, rejects it because it makes me getting my hands on Kanye stuff even harder. I, I'm like a Kanye collector. I get like all the tortes, all the vinyls, all the... The anything Kanye I can get my hands on, I usually try to get, and I didn't have to fight for that. Let's say five years ago, you know, <laughs> the, the prices for everything Kanye have just skyrocketed along with his popularity. But I'm happy for it too because I feel like we're getting the most out of Kanye because there's that spotlight on him. So he's putting his best foot forward. I mean, he always does with the albums, but it's like his little side projects are so monumental now. And it's just, it's a great time to be a Kanye fan. Yeah, it's it's really strange because when we started the podcast in the middle of 2015, it really did feel kind of like people aren't talking about Kanye or they're like just critical of Kanye. But now at this point in 2018, there's such a, a resurgence of Kanye goodwill and Kanye love. It's awesome to see. Um, but right. as you're, as you're saying, like try like just uh, the other day, trying to get the release of the wave runner 700s. Like, oh my God. Adidas's site crashed. <laughs> <laughs> it, and it really, I mean, the youth moves the culture. I just what Whatever deemed trendy is what becomes trendy. So it really came back for Kanye with the sneakers. Like people can sell what they want, but he made a shoe that everybody wanted to get. I mean, he put that feeling back into the sneaker community, back into the youth. And like there's 15 year old, 14 year old kids that might not know. 
popular, but they don't know graduation or late registration, and they might know the Kanye hits that um, they hear on the radio or something, but they were drawn to Kanye with the shoes, with the Yeezys, and that just shows the brilliance of Kanye and how he can just kind of capture the youth. Like, I was trying to think about his peers and the Jay-Zs and the 50 Cents and M&Ms, and they all have their core fan base, and it's always an older crowd. Like, Kanye is the one who still has his finger on the pulse of the youth, and he still gets that new fan. I, I feel like a lot of the people he came into the music game with, they, they don't get that new fan. And it's like Kanye's always building new fans and always getting more and more eyes on him. I mean, the Kardashian thing helped. He got a lot of eyes from that. But the shoes is what really drove the youth to Kanye and really put that spotlight back on Ye, I feel, for the for the nation. I know there's people like me and you that have rode with Kanye through the ups and downs, and he has his core fans, and I think he always will. But right now, the attention is from the youth. The the Every day you go on Twitter and there's pages just dedicated to what Kanye wore today. Where's Kanye at today? <laughs> what friend came and saw Kanye today? There's a whole thing about Wyoming going on right now. And it's all about Kanye. And that comes from the youth. That stems from what the kids are doing right now. And I can't remember an artist who's been so in line with what's in all the time. It just constantly, again and again, ahead of the curve with music, uh, ahead of the curve with a lot of the fashion stuff. It's just, there was a, a story about with the Say Pablo tour where they're doing things. Kanye was getting under the stage with his phone and people are like, what are you doing? Why are you looking at things from there? And he's like, this is going to be the angle where kids are taking pictures from. And like, it has to, every, every angle has to make for a good photo. And it's just, he knew exactly what kids were going to be doing at the concert. I mean, he's just a genius. I mean, I, I, I don't think people can really argue it at this point. You know, like his, his approach was too aggressive at the beginning. You know, um, there's a great interview with Kanye. As much as, like I said, I, I listen to you guys constantly. I find myself listening to old Kanye interviews over and over again. If I don't have an episode of you guys or something else, I'll listen to his old interviews. And there's a great interview with uh, either the Breakfast Club or Zane Lowe. Any of the Zane Lowe Kanye interviews, I recommend to anybody. You can really learn a lot. And he was saying how his approach was too aggressive in the beginning. I'm a genius. Walt Disney, Steve Jobs, you know, his famous uh, speeches. And um, I think now he just has a more calmer, cooler approach to things. And it's allowing that casual fan who might have been um, pushed away by his aggressiveness before or finding themselves going to Kanye at this moment. I, th I think we're dealing with a different monster as far as Kanye right now, too. Yeah, this seems to be... Like, I think that end of 2016 was definitely a, a turning point kind of year. And Kanye getting that time to kind of recalibrate himself, 
knowing there's a third kid on the way, it just seems he's definitely at a different place than what he's ever been. Definitely, definitely. I have to agree with you. And I mean, this album that's going to happen, um, I expect nothing but brilliance. But I'm I'm also guilty of thinking every new Kanye album is the best Kanye album. (laughs) (laughs) I'm very guilty of being stuck in the moment. Um, Dropout came out. I thought it was the greatest. Late registration, I thought it was the greatest. And just like I said, every time he puts something new out, I just, I fall in love with it. I remember when the dropout came out, um, you, we used to go to Target on Tuesdays to get the albums because the albums would come out on Tuesdays. So we would, you know, skip school just to get the album and just go into Target every Tuesday to get that Kanye album. And I would just spend the day with it and just getting that feeling again which no other artists have given me but Kanye. And I'm a music lover. I love rock and roll, uh, classic 80s. Like, I love all types of music, but nothing has hit so close to home like Kanye has for me. Very similar boat. And, you know, we're the, we're the same age, so I can, I can easily imagine, like, you know, that 2000, 2004 when the college dropout came out. Yeah. Uh, and the fact that what we were 13, 17 at the time <laughs> and just like getting that, what, what, uh, what was it that had you heard some of the freshman adjustment and that got you interested in the college dropout or what, what made you want to go and buy the album that day? Well, at the time, see, I'm originally from New Jersey, but we moved to Florida. Um, around my high school years and the the kids I were closest to were really into New York hip hop. Like they were really, my best friends were obsessed with Jay-Z and Rockefeller and Dipset. So through all that, because at that time in music, it was Eminem, it was, you know, 50 cent. It was uh, like little John. It was very up-tempo hip hop being made at the time. And so through my friends, me getting more into the Rockefeller side, uh, I came across Kanye um, through Jay-Z documentaries and all this stuff. So we were just buying anything Rockefeller at the time. (laughs) The dropout came, it was like nothing we ever heard before. It it, It was just a breath of fresh air. It wasn't 50. It wasn't Eminem. Uh, aggressive it was smart it was catchy it was casual um i was raised in my grandparents house by my grandfather a old school italian from harlem so i was raised with a lot of soul music and doo-wop and all that all the uh, early 60s and late 70s music played was my soundtrack as a kid so when the dropout came out, I think it just brought me back to those feelings. I hadn't heard those samples since I was a kid. I hadn't felt that energy since I was a kid. And it just kind of whisked me away. I got caught up in it and Kanye became my guy. Like 
my friends had Jay-Z or some of them had Dipset, but like Kanye was just from the start. He was, he was like my guy. That was the one I chose to invest in. Hell yeah. Uh, what, uh, what songs in the album kind of, I'm sure the whole album, but were there any songs that were really resonating with you? Just, and, and they still do spaceship for me is like, if I could pay Kanye, to perform like 10 songs in front of me spaceship would always be on that um like last call was amazing um all falls down i mean i I still haven't heard a song that sounded like all falls down i think that's when kanye kind of uh became kanye i think that one song gave him his signature and you knew like this is the way he's going so those tracks definitely stick with me, resonate with me. I can still listen to those tracks and the whole album really. I mean, there's, there's something on there for, for everybody. Really is. Even people that are just like, I don't like hip hop. You play them like older, like parents, moms, grandmas, you play them family yeah. business and they're like, Oh, that's Kanye. Yeah. That's Kanye. <laughs> Yeah, you can't kind of box him in like that. And that's that's what I love about it. That's what made me uh, go towards 808s or just anything he does. It's just like every time you try to box him in a certain way, he he just goes left or goes right. And Dropout definitely uh, played a huge part in my, my high school life and um, getting me to – the place I'm at with yay right now was uh when lit registration came out were you uh did that did that overtake the dropout for you yeah like I said I'm just guilty oh every album yeah every album I swore it was the best it was better than the last like I'm I'm just like that and uh late registration too just gone and addicted and crack music and roses like and Kanye for me he has a a a weird a great way of being in tune with his fans like he makes roses and at the time I I lose my grandmother who basically helped raise me who I was very close with so I always find a song in these albums where it feels like he's speaking directly to me like no other artist has teared me up as much as Kanye or made me smile as much as Kanye. And for a while there, like I was fighting the naysayers. Like there'd be times we'd be hanging out and they'd, they'd want to change it. I'd be like, no, listen to this. You got to listen to what he's saying. Like I would be just screaming at the top of my lungs. Like you guys are missing it. You're missing it. And like still to the day, I'm like known as the Kanye stand. Like all my friends, <laughs> something happens with Kanye, like they'll text me about it, make a joke, or if there's a meme of Kanye, they send it to me. Even my wife, uh, like I've gotten her into Kanye, but I've also like when I'm younger, if I'm dating a girl, like I'm I'm the Kanye fan that the girl hates Kanye after we break up. So I can't. <laughs> can't listen to Kanye because it reminds me of you like I'm that fan like if you're with me you're getting some Kanye in your life you're gonna have to hear about some things (laughs) when you uh 
when you drive do you have like a do you play one kanye album or do you have like a, a kanye playlist of a mixture of tracks i have i do both i have it's pretty sad i have a kanye's like greatest hits one and then i have like a kanye i have kanye playlist for my moves i have up tempo can't tell me nothing on my way to the gym kanye playlist i have a Rev Rock Now, I've been arguing with my wife all day playlist. <laughs> I have uh, a friend in the car. This is the Kanye you should listen to playlist. It, it's kind of all over, but I do uh, like to take the time to listen to an album all the way through, especially listening to you guys. There's that music as much as you do, because I'm, I'm really on an island with that, I feel like, because there's so many people that just don't like the album. And uh, for you guys being so useless for it, made me go back and listen to the album again. I've always had bits and pieces of it on my playlist, but just hearing you guys talk about it really made me want to listen to it all the way through again. And that was the actual first Kanye concert I've ever been to was the Yeezus tour. Oh, man. Yeah, what was that experience like? Well, I... It was around my birthday time. It was the Yeezus tour here in Tampa. And I'm trying to find friends to go with me. I, th- I think it was on a weird night, like a Wednesday or Thursday. So all my friends have to work. And I'm like, it's my birthday. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to go by myself. And my friend's like, man, don't, you're just going to go by yourself. Like, we can hang out, man. I just, I can't go to Tampa and not get back till one in the morning and go to work. Like, how are you going to do that? And I'm like, no, I, I'm going. Like this, this is happening. He's here, and I'm not missing it. So I literally bought a ticket for myself, uh, drove myself, and then I actually got in a car accident on my way to the show. Oh fuck! Didn't even, yeah, didn't even make it and so many veered lanes and sideswiped right into me and and knocked me into oncoming traffic. Like this wasn't. Just a little fender bender. Like, this was like life or death could have been. Like, I got pushed in the oncoming traffic, had to spear off, pull over, deal with that person, rush through the police. Like, it's fine. It's fine. Take my insurance. Uh, it's okay. Accidents happen. And hightail it straight to Tampa. I'm about two hours from Tampa at the time and make it there just in time. Um, actually, get there early because Kanye. Really, he makes you wait. Like, <laughs> the doors get open at nine. Like you can show up at eleven and still go buy merch, get to your seat, and then he'll come out. So I get there and I'm waiting. I'm by myself, but you don't feel like you're by yourself because everybody's jumping around, singing the songs. And that night, uh, Kanye actually stops the show, and he's like, "I, I just want to say rest in peace, Paul Walker." He died in a car accident today, the guy from Fast and the Furious. So that was just another thing. I'm like, oh, my God, like I was in a car wreck today. He was in a car wreck today. He didn't make it. I made it. I'm standing here in front of my idol watching the most amazing show on my birthday. And it just really put everything in perspective to me. So that show will always have like a special place in my heart for just the first time seeing Kanye to the accident, 
to everything that transpired in between. It was just, it was amazing. Man, that sounds like such, it would have been an emotional night <clears throat> just in normal circumstances, like the best yeah. circumstances, just for the passion that you had for Kanye leading up to that, finally seeing him in person, the beauty of the Yeezus concert, but then to have all that other stuff kind of going on. Oh, it was a whirlwind. It was like up, down, but I was like, I was so in the zone, bro. Like the accent was <laughs> been like any other time i probably would have been freaked out like oh my god what just happened but i was so in the zone and i was just like i'm doing this i've never seen him before i love this album i have to go to this and i just was determined to get there so i my my fender was like hanging off <laughs> the car and i'm just driving it to get there and you know he kept the mask on the whole show so i'm watching him so it's like, I'm seeing Kanye, but I'm not seeing Kanye. Right. I want to see your face. Take off the mask. I'm waiting for you to take off the mask. And at the end of the night, he does bound to. He takes it off. And I kind of just had a moment where I just kind of stood there. Everybody's jumping around me. It was like in slow motion. I couldn't even hear the music at that point. And I'm just like staring at Kanye, like such a fanboy. I'm just like, there he is. Like, that's it. <laughs> Man, that's, uh, I'm so glad you went because there are so many people that would have just thought, like, I don't have anybody to go with. Like, I really want to go, but, uh, and you going, I mean, the car crash, very scary, but like you going and being able to have that moment for the rest of your life, that's, uh, that's pretty incredible. Oh, definitely. And it was just, yeah, it deterred me at first, you know, everybody, because, yeah, I think it was like a Tuesday night or something, and everybody had to work. And I have to get up at 6 in the morning for work, but it's just like, Kanye doesn't come here all the time. Like, this is once-in-a-lifetime thing, and I know people don't have the same passion that I did, and especially because it was the Yeezus album, and there wasn't no radio play, so you really had to look for Kanye like he wasn't jumping out at you at the club or on the radio like Jesus was for the Kanye hardcore fans I feel like he made that album for his fans you know he still plays all the hits at the show like it's not just Jesus but unless you're a Kanye fan like we are I don't think you were um that into um What's the word I'm looking for? You you weren't that aware of what was going on with Kanye at the time of Jesus, you know. Especially because it had been what, like three and a half years, and I guess a little under three years since my beautiful dark twisted fantasy had come out. Right, um, right. But that had been kind of the longest period between Kanye albums at that point, and. Yeah. Well, Watch the Throne before Jesus or after? It was. It was mid-2011. But right. solo album, uh, My Beautiful Dark Twisted yeah. Fantasy, was November of 2010. Okay. Um, and then Jesus was June of 2013. Hmm. Um, 
Yeah, and I think even a lot of hardcore Kanye fans, people that had loved everything up until, like, up and through My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, uh, even some of they, they, even some of them were turned off by Yeezus. So, so. it was definitely like a, a tour and an album that took almost like a, a leap of faith for a lot of Kanye fans. Yeah, I think you're right. And I don't know what they missed about Yeezus. Like, I really don't. Even from the opening line, like, Yeezy season approaching. And at that point, we didn't know what Yeezy season was. Like, it just started, it just sounded fresh. Like, I didn't know what it was, but it was fresh. And then when it hits you in the, in the middle of that song where uh, they don't give us what – what we want, they may give us what we need, or I think I'm backwards with that. They give us what we want, they may not give us what we need. Like, just out of nowhere, like, to me, that sounds like a car wreck. Like, for me, that's how the car accident was. It was, like, music going, going, and then just, uh, like, <laughs> that's what I love about Kanye, is those little moments like that, where you're just like, dang, I want to hear that. Like, what is that song? Like, let that play longer. Like for me, I love those little interludes that Kanye does. Like he's he's just a master of that, the, and just the whole. Album. Uh, the ultimate like tease musical moment for me is at the end of All Day when you get the you get the whistling from Paul McCartney, and then you start yeah. to get the weird techno shit coming in. And you're like, where is this going? Like, what is this? I need to hear Kanye on that. Is that going to be the next, like, what's the next track on the album going to be? Then it turns out All Day's not even on the album, and whatever that outro was is something that we'll never (laughs) hear. I know. He's like a master at doing that. He he just does that to everybody. I I love it, though. I mean, you look for those moments. Uh, Kanye fan, I expect those moments. You just don't know when you're going to get them. And they just, they come out of nowhere. Even like Guilt Trip, where he has Cuddy at the end, just bolting his heart, belting his heart out. Like the end of Guilt Trip, I just love or um, hold my liquor. Like it's just amazing album. Like I, and still today, my wife calls it like the crazy album (laughs) because like black, Black Skinhead came on one time, and me and my friends were just like jumping around in the living room, acting like kids. And she she she's, loves Kanye at this point. She she listens to all the old Kanyes. So I'll give her a CD and be like, "Check this one out today, babe." And she's heard all of them, but even the easiest one, she can't get into. And I don't know what that barrier is. Like I I don't see it just because I love the album. I love that it's short. I love that it's kind of all over the place, but it's really not. Like, there's a story in there if you follow along. Yeah, it's, uh, I feel like, with because we've had so many conversations with people about, like, why they like or dislike Yeezus, why they like new Kanye more than old Kanye, or why they like old Kanye more than new Kanye. And it just seems to come down a lot of times to just style. It's just some people just don't connect with that style. And it's like, well, I, I wish you would. <laughs> I wish you could. Yeah, I never get that old Kanye thing. Like, I love the old Kanye. 
I, I don't even like using that word. I like that time period, but I like I, I want the new stuff. I, I like this version of me. I don't want to go back to the high school version of me. Okay. I like the I know, like I like to develop. I don't want to wear jinkos anymore. Like, <laughs> I like, I like this person, and I like that of Kanye too. I like that I'm getting the father Kanye. I like that I had the mama's boy Kanye. But I'm I'm done with that. I I I don't want to hear the old Kanye. I want to hear everything new that's going through his head. And I've always been that kind of Kanye fan. Like I don't look back. I I want to see where he takes it. So fashion, the Kanye fashion stuff has been a, a big thing for you. And yeah, did that definitely. start with the merch at the Yeezus tour? Did it start before that? When, when did that kick off? Uh, it actually started with the first shoe he did, the Bape Yeezys. He did a Bathing Ape Yeezy. Um, it was the ones. And... I just like wow, these are amazing. And then he did the Louis uh, Louis Vuitton Kanye's, and I could never afford those at the time. And I remember just like being on the internet for hours, like, should I buy a pair <laughs> of fake Louis? Like nobody in town would know. Like just trolling the internet for hours. And then with the Nike Yeezys, and then the tour merch really is what really got me started on it and i still collect today i still have a bunch of tour merch and i still go out to try to find it on ebay or grail or any of these sites and then when he started doing his own brand a uh, yeezy season i really like had to have a piece of it it was so expensive at the first um drop yeezy season one I uh, was incredibly priced, so I kind of had to save up and then finally got a pair of shorts. And still to the day, I can't just go out and buy a bunch of his clothes, but I cherry pick and I'll save and I'll sell some shoes and to get what I need. But when the first 750 came out, the Adidas 750, uh, you had to be in New York to get it. It was a confirmed app, but you had to be in New York. Like I said, I have my family is all in New York and New Jersey. I'm the only one here. And so I actually flew up to New York for the weekend just to try to get these shoes, just to, just to sit outside when he did the Yeezy Season 1 uh, presentation. I was there outside, caught a glimpse of Ye that day, um, just to try to – just to be in the – the area like it was such a vibe such a a moment in that area soho new york is real kanye friendly it was like being at a concert because he kind of took over the city at that point um <laughs> it's when he was doing the pop-up showed up in random adidas stores and he was giving the shoes to the kids like i didn't actually win the, i i didn't win the shoes i had to pay resale from somebody who walked out with the shoes. So I paid like a crazy price for it. Um, and then uh, a guy who actually worked at Adidas was like, um, you know, Kanye just lives down at the other block. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, he, he, the apartment building with the big red door, there's security out there. You'll see paparazzi out there. He said, when you see the paparazzi, Kanye's home. 
I was like, what? So run out the store, <laughs> run three blocks of his house, sit out there. And it's like, I think it was February and it was snowing. It was like freezing. It was like a light snow. And it's like, I sat out in front of his building for like four hours just hoping Kanye would come out. He never showed. <laughs> but it was just, it was another experience that I'll have forever. And um, you said you, you saw my Twitter uh, couple pics. There's a pic of there where I'm standing at the same spot Kanye stood at. I did the side-by-side image because it was literally the, the first time we saw what he did with Adidas. The first time he dropped his own clothing line uh, that he actually went through with because he started pastel that never took off. And then him and Virgil Abloh, who's doing off white right now, doing amazing things with his brand. They had a a short uh, period of time, a brand just called Kanye West merchandise. And it was all around the, my beautiful twisted fantasy. And they just did like, a line, I think, 10 or 12 shirts. It was around APC time. And then this was the first time Kanye did a whole collection. And it was just monumental, and I just had to be there for it. And it seems like it would have been a, a crazy day. But also, it sounds like, you know... That's that's uh, getting to see an early glimpse of the impact of Kanye and fashion that's just developing and developing. I'm sure you knew then that it was going to continue to become what it is today. Does that surprise you at all of where he's at with fashion and where his reputation is with his brand and releases? Um, a little bit. I mean, just because the first collection wasn't well received, like. I'm going to like it just because I'm a Kanye fan. So I, I know my point of view is kind of jaded. It's like when, you know, everybody thinks their baby is the cutest baby in the world. <laughs> my dog is the best dog in the world. You know, I know I had that with Kanye. <laughs> but the reception of the fashion world, they really um, downplayed the easy season one that, it wasn't well received. So I didn't know it was going to take off to where it was at. He still didn't quite have the youth like he does now at that point. He was getting them back like the sneaker heads he had, but he didn't have the masses at that point. He was, he was gearing back up. So you could see it was going to take off, but I didn't know it was going to get to this level. Like Yeezy's, he said he to give back to his fans when he made these shoes and he really had like Yeezy's has has put food on my table it has paid a light bill for me I have always been a bit of a shoe collector so I've always known uh, a guy or two who could get me a certain shoe or I've always had ways to get shoes so I've been able to get my hands on Yeezy's and two pairs at a time or something like that. And at the time, my wife's always like, why are you spending so much? You bought two of the same shoe, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, honey, don't worry. I, I will sell this. It will not sit. Like, I've never had it easy that I've wanted to sell s- sit in my hand for longer than 48 hours. 
And like literally, I hoarder some of them, but then, you know, a bill will come up, it'll be a birthday or anniversary, and you want to spend the money you have on your family. So to take care of an extra bill or something, I've sold Yeezys. Like, he's literally paid light bills for me. I mean, I know I still had to buy the shoe to begin with, but the fact that you can get triple the amount that you pay for the shoe and you're not, like, being a jerk-off by doing it, like, that's just what they're going for. Like, it, it, it has helped me a lot. And even with some of the, the clothes I have, I get people that offer me money when i just post like a tour tee that i have or something like that like people will offer me money and a lot of the time um, i say no just because i want to hold on to it but i'm also the guy who will sell something and then i'll i'll buy it again <laughs> i'll sell it uh, two weeks later i'm looking for it like i i'm just a kanye collector in in that aspect of it and i actually want to um because I'm such a big fan of the show and appreciate what you guys are doing. I actually got a Yeezus tee that I want to send you. So when we're done here, you can give me the info. And just as a way of saying thank you for what you guys are doing, I want to send you a, a Yeezus tee. You can give me your size and all that stuff when we uh, get done here. I will gladly accept that. And th <laughs> thank you. That's that's amazing. That's uh, yeah, we're. We were supposed to go to the Yeezus concert. I was living in Iowa um, uh, to work with Travis a little more closely because we've been working online for a year and a half, and I never actually met in person. So I moved oh, out. Really? Yeah, I moved out to Iowa, and uh, which sucked. And <laughs> um, you know, he was coming through Minneapolis. And we got tickets. We were going to go. We're all pumped and excited. Like the Yeezus tour. Like I was fucking, I had Yeezus. That tour was in November. I think that was the date we were supposed to go to. And I had had that yeah. Yeezus CD in my car from June 18th, the day it released, up until that <laughs> day of the concert. It had it left my car. I hadn't been listening to anything else. And uh, yeah. the, the tour got canceled um yeah. or the concert got yeah. canceled so i i never had the opportunity to get anything what's crazy is my birthday is in november so i remember hearing that i think my tour was after the minneapolis stop mine was later in the month of november because that's when my birthday is and i remember he like canceled a show randomly and i was getting so nervous that <laughs> <laughs> too yeah uh, so did you, were you able to make it to the St. Pablo tour? Yeah, St. Pablo tour I got to. You know, I actually, uh, I moved to Austin in 2014, and I got here the start of April. And I think okay. it was June. Um, the X Games were happening in Austin, and Kanye performed at the X Games. And oh, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, I, I bought like a three-day wristband. <laughs> for the X games just to get seats to see Kanye and uh, oh, wow. did it do shit for the X games? Uh, did it use <laughs> my band for any of the three days? I showed up to the concert like eight hours early. Um, and it's funny cause my, my fiance was actually working. She hadn't gotten her job yet. So she was just working at like one of the, 
concession bars at the place. So there was one point where we were like 20 feet away from each other and didn't know it. But I'm wow. just like, I went by myself and just like sitting there like reading a book of T.S. Eliot poems for like three hours <laughs> waiting for this concert to start. Um, and then I got to but see him St. Pablo. You were close then, huh? Yeah, I, uh, oh God. I didn't get all that close. I had a seat because I'm, I'm shorter. I'm only like five, six. So usually if I'm down in like the standing only section, I can't see yeah. shit. Yeah. Um, I went to a Pearl Jam concert in Australia and like Australians are all like six foot five. And oh, it was yeah. just like, I almost suffocated in like the mess of like large bodied people crushing me. Um, so I was like, I don't know, 40 rows back or something. That's but, a great tip though for people for concerts. I've learned that too. Like I almost prefer to be in a section that's kind of right, starting to rise up Yes. instead of being on the floor. And the same thing with Pablo. Um, cause my wife, that was her first concert and she's like, you don't want to be in the pit. I'm like, babe, you want to enjoy it. She's also pregnant at the time, so I'm oh. watching. Yeah. yeah, I'm watching footage of the pit, and I'm like, no, <laughs> I can't have. <laughs> like, you're not gonna want to be on your feet that long, and it's almost better, you know, to be at a little high angle. And the Pablo tour was like designed for the the people who couldn't afford the hundred and twenty dollar floor section. Like, you could buy a fifty dollar ticket. And be eye level with Kanye. I think I think we paid like seventy five dollars each, and we're like right in the middle, and we're like almost eye level with him. And that was her first concert, and it was the uh, Tampa same spot I went to the Jesus tour, and this was actually when he caught when he uh, called out Kid Cudi, which killed me because I'm such a Cudi fan uh, through Kanye. And so that was the night when Kanye uh, screamed out about Cuddy when that first started. That was that night. And I remember just grabbing her. I'm like, babe, get our phone. Like, this is about to go viral. And she's like, what are you talking about? I was like, he's talking bad about Kid Cuddy right now. And she doesn't realize, like, this has never happened before. Like, this is uh, Thelma and Louise breaking up. This is Burton <laughs> Ernie. Like, you don't realize what's going on right now. And so that that concert will always be special for me. And um, towards the end of the night, uh, we we got a little bit closer. Um, and he did Runaway, which is my wife's favorite song, one of my favorite songs. And we just got to be close to con – he was on the side of the stage we were at. So he was like facing us during the song and my wife's got her phone and she's like asking the lady to take a picture for us. So we take the picture. It's a beautiful picture. I have a picture framed up in my house. It's just me and her and Kanye's behind us. It's, it's, it's an amazing time. And I remember just stopping her and I'm like, babe, put the phone down. I was like, just watch him. Like, just, just watch. This is our song. Like, that's the song that I that got her over to Kanye with me. I'm like, let's just watch it. And it was just amazing just watching him do Runaway and being so close. And um, I, we just love it. Because me and her are 
big movie fans too. We watch a lot of films, you know, we're at home a lot and we're both film junkies. We love movies. And Kanye has his fingerprints all in movies too. Like the night before they do Runaway on the piano, like Tom Hanks did in Big and all the Hangover movies, all their Kanye soundtracks. And there's so many movies that use Black Skinhead and Wolf of Wall Street. And his fingerprints are just all over. And the movies and just random things, if you look for it, like that type of stuff just jumps out to me. Mm. The uh, the description of the concert was so beautiful. Like I I felt like I was in the moment. That was a very uh, it was very good storytelling. Thank you, thank you. No, that's just what it was. Like it was it was amazing night. Is one of those moments that you know Kanye gave me, and I will appreciate it forever. Like even my kids know. Like my son, he's he's nine years old and he'll be like easies daddy likes your easies he he speaks fine but just for some reason easy he always says easy and i'm like what are we gonna get dad for christmas and it's like let's find him something kanye like i'm i'm that guy like that's what my family like tries to get me like Let's find him a shirt or find him something like that's that's what I have. Like I have my family and I have Kanye and now I have this podcast. Like there's no, that's why I just like I, I spoke to you before and I was just like, man, I want to get so many more eyes on you guys because I feel like what you're doing is important. And um, I don't hear anything like you guys out there. I've heard stuff Kanye driven before or Kanye segments, but not nothing just totally dedicated to Kanye and putting the spotlight on his lyrics and the movement. And I just think it's important what you guys are doing. And I think that it'll be more appreciated later on. Like sometimes things are right in front of people and they they don't know how good it is. And then looking back, you're like, wow, that that was important. And I think that's what you guys are doing. And like a team Kanye Daily or a Yeezy Talk Worldwide, I, I put you guys right in that atmosphere. Um, I think you guys are right there with all of them, like doing, uh, I hate to say it, but God's work. <laughs> <laughs> I, I appreciate that a lot, man. I, I feel like we're the, like the, the 808s of podcasts. Like we just, we need, we need a little bit, we need a little bit of time for people to get on board with what we're doing and then it's, uh, it's going to go. But I, it's, it's always curious to me cause I really do feel like Kanye is the kind of artist that 50 years from now, he's going to be more beloved than what he is today. A hundred years from now, people are going to be talking about him the way we talk about Beethoven, the way we talk yeah. about uh, the Beatles, even though the Beatles, you know, most of them are still alive. Um, but the band itself has been gone for a while yet. People still like praise them and put them up in that like upper echelon. Kanye's going to get there. And I think that Kanye's scholarship and Kanye discussion and this kind of artistic look at Kanye, not just as like, he was a great musician, but like really looking at the art and picking the art apart in the way that we do of paintings and films. That's, that's going to be a thing. That's a great way to put it. And also, cause 
you know, our generation is going to be the older generation. I mean, there's a stigma about Kanye. You, you spoke on it before, like, um, my wife's parents, when we say, oh, we're going to the Kanye show, like, her dad will be like, that asshole, you know, <laughs> and, and he's, he's ex-military, he's not into what's on the cover of Entertainment Weekly, he's not watching TMZ, but he remembers just a piece of information he heard six years ago about a Taylor Swift or about something. So I think, like, we still have those people who have these stigmas against him just because they're not into what's going on now, what he has done now. So I think you're right where, you know, as we get older, the kids below us get older than that Kanye um, story and legacy will grow with it. But you were saying about the Beatles and all these other artists, but I don't remember any artists and I, I don't know anything, but I mean everything, but I don't ever remember artists who had like fan devoted pop-ups like he does. Like there's people who do orchestra shows. You said Beethoven, they do all Kanye Beethoven sets. There's people who constantly do art pop-ups of all paintings of Kanye and there's a club thing going on for a long time going state from state called uh, Kanye night or all day, all night Kanye or something where the, the DJ played nothing but Kanye all night long. And you bought tickets to go to a club and just hear Kanye tracks. Like there's so many of these things that are just devoted to Kanye. And I really like, I wonder like, does he see it all? Like, does he get told what's going on? Does he know there's a, uh, exhibit in New York that is, uh, I think last year they were doing like Kanye cupcakes and Kanye cakes and Kanye popsicles and like all these things dedicated to Kanye. And I don't remember artists. And we've had huge artists, you know, uh, throughout generations, but I don't remember uh, a passion for one like this ever, where there's so many pop ups and so many fan pages dedicated like easy talk worldwide easy mafia team kanye did like there's so much dedicated to his every move and i appreciate a podcast like this because you focus a lot on the music too and i feel like it's beyond the music with him now like his social media impact and his status right now is like the music is almost secondary and it's more about him, what he's wearing, what's he doing, you know, and less on the music at the moment. Yeah, that's that's the thing. It's like he was beloved early on as a musician. Um, right. But how many people cared beyond that? He was just kind of more like, oh, what a funny celebrity. But now, as you're saying, <laughs> I, th I think you're very, very right that there's a switch in terms of like, a cult of Kanye and just the sense that people really are, he, as much flack as he got in that Yeezus period of talking about the impact and even leading up to the life of Pablo right after the life of Pablo, when he's saying like, you know, Ford, Hughes, Jobs, uh, Disney, like West. Love it. Yeah. He's getting yeah. closer to that as much as people kind of laughed at that at the time. Like, 
he's getting closer to the point where like he is able to have that cultural impact i think he's wanted oh definitely and he's he's in the status of a one namer like there's only one kanye on the planet like that's all you have to say is kanye and everybody will know who you're talking about whether they love him hate him whatever he he's in that that small group of people where it's a madonna or a kanye or you know these these icons where you just say their name and you know who they are and you know what you can think of that person and think of a thousand things that go with them and he's just cross a different level right now like he his star is shining as, as much as ever has and i i enjoy pablo I, I a lot of my friends don't love the life of pablo but i love it and that's part goes back to me being guilty of thinking everything new from kanye is the greatest kanye but i remember just getting those snippets of um father stretch my hands and just getting those little leaks and just, what, what is this? I can't wait to hear this. And just still, Father Stretch My Hands and Ultralight Beams. Like, there's so much amazing music on that album. I, I love that album. Same. How do you feel? How do I feel about Pablo? Yeah. Uh, I, I go back and forth between Pablo and Jesus being my favorite. Um, oh. Sometimes the that early portion of Yeezus is so insanely like, I mean, all of Yeezus is very powerful, but there's just something about that energy at the opening of Yeezus from like on site to black skinhead, new slaves. Uh, and e even then the middle part of the album is my favorite, hold my liquor, I'm in it and blood on the leaves. But uh, there's something about the uh, entirety of the life of Pablo where even if there's individual moments that I don't think are as strong as the individual moments on Yeezus, like Feedback's not one of my favorite Kanye tracks. Uh, free, right. Freestyle 4 is not one of my favorite Kanye tracks. Highlights. I, uh, I, hmm? What's that? I said highlights. I was saying highlights as soon as you said it. That was one for me too. Yeah, it's like I love the beat on highlights, but the lyric content I think is like purposefully hollow in the sense yep. that it, he's contrasting what he's talking about on highlights with what he'll talk about on wolves, which is much deeper, much more serious. And it's just supposed to show like kind of how superficial his mindset was at the time. But that doesn't mean it's my favorite Kanye lyrics to listen to, right? Uh, um so those three tracks as individual tracks aren't necessarily doing like they're not as exciting to me as hold my liquor guilt trip uh anything like that but how they fit into the story as a whole and what they do on the album narratively and thematically means that even if i don't necessarily love them as music i love them for the story being told and being taken on that journey so it, it's a very different listening experience to me um, where it's not about the music all the time so much as it's about the art. And uh, so that's why I go back and forth between Yeezus and Life of Pablo. That's an amazing point. You just made me want to put in Pablo. I was like, <laughs> I, I want to 
I'm putting in Pablo. That's how I just felt. Uh, what you said about highlights is so correct. And for a while, I had a theory about it that, you know, the, the stuff with Kim and her past, like anytime he mentions it, he's real playful about it. And I think that's his way of diverting the hurt because I know celebrity and money, things are different. They have different feelings about things than, you know, regular people do. But I know as a man and as a husband, there's a part of her past that hurts him, that things like that are out about his wife and his the mother of his children. So I think that's his way of not being angry about it is he, he's playful about it. And then when he's just strictly focusing on their relationship and what they build, that's when you get the deeper Kanye and you get a rules that is like nothing you ever heard. And I remember he had the Yeezy season uh, show. He de- he debuted Wolves at the first show. You you heard you heard Wolves, so Wolves was out there. It was harder to find, but it was out there. And I remember just thinking, like, wow, this is like a new age kind. Like when I heard it, I was like, it's so what Kanye is right now, artsies and and. Uh, creating creating and just it was it was like nothing i ever heard and what i expected and that's one of my favorite tracks and um uh fmla l and i mean there's so many on there that i really enjoy but i have the ones like you said feedback and a few other ones that i don't doesn't resonate as well with me as the other ones but I'm I'm kind of like you. I go back and forth from Jesus and Pablo and my dark twisted fantasy. And, I mean, <laughs> all the whole. Yeah, I was gonna ask which which album for you comes up on top. Uh it's it's. I'm really like you. It's kind of like Jesus and the life of Pablo, and I kind of, you know, every week it's kind of different. I kind of rearrange them. It's usually my beautiful dark twisted fantasy uses in Life of Pablo or one, two, and three. And then at four, I always have late registration. Uh, that one really resonates with me. And then I usually go 808 and then graduation. And um, I always count Cool Summer and Watch the Throne just because they're Kanye albums and he's involved in them. I think that's my way of not placing dropout as last. <laughs> so I go because <laughs> I it's it feels like a sin to put dropout last, but it's like, and I don't remember any other artist who has a body of work like this. Like I know, like Eminem put out great albums. He had Slim Shady and Marshall Mathers, but then we got those relapses and all these other weird ones and. You know, all these artists has these peaks and valleys. And I'm sure a lot of people even listening now are saying, well, that's Jesus for Kanye. But on the other hand, you have people like me and you who swear by Jesus and put Jesus at the top. So I don't think he gets enough credit for like the body of work that he has done. And I watch these uh, everyday struggles and these hip hop focused shows and they talk about the greats. And they, they never put Kanye up there, you know, and I, I can't think of an artist who has a catalog like Kanye does. No, Kanye's catalog is unlike anything 
that yeah i've ever heard from any any artist in any genre of music um Mm -hmm. i think other artists have albums that can get on the level of kanye but not a complete discography that's on the level of kanye's discography or that evolves in the way that kanye's discography evolves Right. I like to compare him because, like I said before, we're big in movies. I almost put him like a Tarantino. Like Quentin Tarantino only has eight movies, but they're all solid projects with all something different and all mean something different. And I always compare Kanye to Tarantino because I think like they're both all over the place, and you never know what you're gonna get from either one of them. But you know when you see it written in. I don't know why, but I always put those two together. Like, I'm like, Kanye is the Tarantino of music, and I'll be like, Tarantino is the Kanye of movies, because I just feel like you'll get Django Unchained, and then you'll get Kill Bill, and they're they're totally two different universes, but still in his universe somehow. And that's how I feel with Kanye. Like, 808 is a total different universe from Jesus, but somehow it's in the same planet. Like, I, I can't explain it, but you know it's um, something amazing. It's all, like, kind of tied together in this weird way. I uh, I agree with that. And, you know, it's funny. You're not alone with the Tarantino thing. We just did uh, – we were doing the survey – surveying people's answers for the Family Feud game that we did at our South by Live show. And yeah, I need to – I haven't got to yet. I think you'll enjoy it. <clears throat> I think you'll enjoy it. And But the second – we asked uh, if you could go to dinner with Kanye and the director, who would the director be? And the second oh, wow. most popular answer was Tarantino. Wow. Yeah. The first was uh, Kubrick, but second was Tarantino. First one was who? Uh, Stanley Kubrick. Oh, wow. wow. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't think that, but yeah, I could see that. <laughs> <laughs> Adams or something like that would be, would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I definitely got to listen to that show. Probably my playlist tomorrow. <laughs> um, so, what are your uh, top five tracks? Wow, that's a tough one. Um, I always have. Do you want them in order? Or you just want me to kind of give you the top five tracks? No, just give me the top five if that's easier. <clears throat> uh, Say You Will is always in my top five. I love Say You Will. Um, Runaway. Is always in my top five. Um, wow. Say You Will, Runaway. Uh, Wolves is always in there. Uh, maybe Hold My Liquor. It's four. And then Spaceship. And then it's tough because I want to put Lost in the World in there. <laughs> I want to... Uh, there's so many I want to put. Follow stretch my hands is always, always resonates with me. Ultralight beams, like I could just say a thousand, but 
Say You Will is one that I find that I put in that I never really hear people say. And for me, I, I hear Welcome to the Heartbreaks and even Robocop and Streetlights. But Say You Will to me, it just resonates with me for some reason. And it's just like a whole different vibe and the melody and the way he comes in. It's just a beautiful, beautiful listen to me. And I don't think hip-hop, when I hear it, like, I, like you, I listen to all types of music. And one of the reasons why I think Kanye resonates with me and you and people like us is because we like different genres of music. And he kind of plays both sides and he can cross boundaries with that. And Say You Will is like a beautiful track I would play for somebody who wasn't necessarily into hip-hop, wasn't necessarily a Kanye fan, but just a fan of good music, I would play Say You Will for him. I, I definitely think like Say You Will has a visceral impact on me that no other Kanye song has. There's just something about the lyrics, the music, the outro that just puts me in a mood that nothing else matches. I don't know. Hey, 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 hey. I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah. I, just, I love it. Did that. I just love it. I just, you can't put a finger on it. Like you, when something resonates with you and hits the bottom of your gut, it's just like, what is this? Like, you can't <laughs> control it. Like, I play songs with my, my daughter who's a year old. She'll start just dancing. Some songs she will, some songs she don't. Like, I think that's the perfect example of it. You, you don't know what it is, but just something in our bodies connect with other elements. That's right. It's like, uh, I don't know, there's harmonies in the soul that certain songs, like, uh, match. Hmm. Well, so uh, I think we're it's at the... I think we're at the point of uh, your last call. You get uh, uninterrupted time just to say any of the things that you want to say. All right. Uh, well, I just want to start off and say thank you, man. It's been a pleasure talking with you. Um, I highly recommend any Kanye fan or any hip-hop fan in that matter to definitely check out what you guys are doing. Um, as far as Kanye goes, it's a great interview with Kanye where he says, the only thing you should say to a creator or an artist when you see them is thank you. Don't judge their art. Don't barter them with all types of questions. Just say thank you. So that's what I want to leave it with. I want to say thank you to Kanye. Thank you to watching the Throne podcast, and um, I look forward to seeing what you guys do in the future. Uh, I would love to collaborate with you guys on like some merch ideas I have, stuff like that. And um, this has been great, man. I, I appreciate it. Anytime I get to talk about Kanye, it's it's a good day for me. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.